On this week's episode of Two Views Movies, we're reviewing the Martin Scorsese mob epic, The Irishman. Sponsored by the Buffalo Funds. Want to ring the bell? All right. Ding, ding. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Two Views Movies, a spoiler-filled podcast from Kansas City, Missouri, by two guys who love watching movies almost as much as we love arguing about them. I'm Garrett. And I'm Carson. And we are diving into all three and a half hours of Martin Scorsese's latest movie, The Irishman. And hopefully we can do three and a half hours of this podcast on it. Oh, let's let's hope not, because I think we might <laughs> suffer from a little bit of the same problems that this movie had. Um <laughs> We should probably say that we did not see this in theaters. I don't know. Maybe some people care about that. Maybe some don't. Um, I don't even know if it was playing around here in theaters, but we just, we Netflix this one. We also Netflix this one. So we uh, watched it at home in the living room. We didn't even take it down to the movie room. I, I don't think it's a movie that had to be seen in theaters. I don't think, I'll, I'll say this, I guess, broadly speaking, I'll, I'll go and label an entire genre, but I'm not sure that mob movies are the kinds of experiences that have to be done in theaters. I would agree with that. I think the only thing that would um, make this better in the movie from a filmmaking standpoint is if you, they wanted you to sit and watch the whole thing without taking breaks or getting distracted. Sure. There is always that. Did, did you guys go through in one sitting all three and a half hours? We did. We did one okay. sitting. Um, we did get up and go to the bathroom a few times, uh, <laughs> you know, and so wander into the kitchen and grab some some food. But it wasn't as if we were sitting in a movie theater where usually we just sit. Right. Okay. See, we we broke it into two. We watched probably the first hour and 15, hour and 20 minutes on one night and then finished the rest the next night. And it was just because we just knew going into it that that's how it was going to have to be just finding three and a half hours of solid time at home is much harder than like you said, just isolating yourself in the movie theater for three and a half hours. We didn't go as far as to break it into a four part mini series like you and I saw on Twitter where we found directions to do, which I don't fault people for doing that. No, I thought that was uh, probably a, a brilliant idea for, for most people if they want to sit down and, and watch this. Yeah. If I was, I, I would have to consider like if I was the studio like, I don't think you want to promote that you want to chop this up into four hours, but like maybe you just like leak that to some other people online and be like, hey, if you wanted to chop this up, here's how you do it. Like, we're not endorsing this. We don't say you should do this. But, you know, if you were going to do this, hypothetically speaking, this is how you do it. Especially Netflix. Yes. You know, who live and die by miniseries. Yep. I agree. And I think this would have made just as an effective miniseries. I don't think it's something that I don't think it was a bad movie and I don't think it's length necessarily hurt it but i i don't think it's something that you lose anything if you if you do decide to chop it up as long as you maybe do it in the right places yeah i think we'll get into that in a minute <laughs> in a minute but first in a minute but first <laughs> all right well that but first usually means we will have a word from our sponsor the buffalo funds 
This episode is sponsored by the Buffalo Funds, a family of mutual funds based here in Kansas City. When the stock market goes down, it may be a great time to contribute to your individual retirement account or IRA. Don't wait until the end of the year. To get your free IRA investing report, go to buffalofunds.com backslash podcast. You can open up an account online directly with the Buffalo Funds and choose from their mix of U.S., international, dividend, or income funds. That's buffalofunds.com backslash podcast. The funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses must be considered carefully before investing. The summary and statutory prospectuses contain this and other important information about the investment company may be attained by calling 800-492-8332 or visiting buffalofunds.com. Read carefully before investing. Mutual fund investing involves risk. Principal loss is possible. The Buffalo Funds are distributed by Quasar Distributors, LLC. Thank you once again to the Buffalo Funds for sponsoring this episode. Absolutely. And with that, we will be on our way with our letterbox blurb. In Pennsylvania, 1956, Frank Sheeran, a war veteran of Irish origin who works as a truck driver, accidentally meets mobster Russell Buffalino. Once Frank becomes his trusted man, Buffalino sends him to Chicago with the task of helping Jimmy Hoffa, a powerful union leader related to organized crime with whom Frank will maintain a close friendship for nearly 20 years. Directed by Martin Scorsese, which we do not even need to read his filmography, cast of Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, Ray Romano, Bobby Cannavale, Anna Paquin, Harvey Keitel, Stephanie Kurtzuba, Catherine Narducci, and Jesse Clemens. So where do you want to start on all three and a half hours of The Irishman? I want to get your, your overall feelings first. Okay, just generic overall. Yeah, let's, let's go generic overall. Okay. Um, I will say, I, I'm going to go like way to the end of what we normally do. I I walked away thinking I was at a three and a half, meaning above average, probably a little bit under where I wanted to feel after a Martin Scorsese movie, especially a Martin Scorsese mob movie. Um, but I've come up over time after thinking about it a little bit more. I think uh, I just don't know where my expectations were. I think when you say Scorsese and Mafia and Pacino and De Niro and Pesci, uh, you know, your, your ceilings at five stars and it, it, I didn't care that it was on Netflix. That that wasn't going to hurt it. I figured if it's Scorsese, it's going to be quality stuff. So I think it was a little bit of perception. I also think that, I don't know, maybe maybe mob movies are just not as cool to me as they used to be. So there's a little bit of that. But generally speaking, I thought that for a three and a half hour movie, it probably could have shaved a little bit, but I didn't ever really feel like it was sluggish. So while maybe a little bloated or long in the tooth not to where i was like okay come on let's move on um i really thought the story was was really well written and i thought it was crafted really well i thought the acting was top notch across the board i i would probably say that uh, you know if i had to give a ranking i would have to pick between de niro and pesci as my number one and pacino would be in that second tier so overall i enjoyed it i liked it uh, I have issues with it, especially with some of the mm, aging, de-aging, or even just the chronology of things. But generally speaking, a very good movie that I enjoyed. I'm not sure how much rewatchability it has, but solid. Very, very good. Well, you had a lot there. I did have a lot there. That was my overall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't even know where to where to comment on that. So Okay. The uh, well, let's let's start with the de aging just just for giggles here. Okay. Um. So we have four eighty year old actors. 
Yep. 76 to, to 80. Okay. Um, where them being their actual age is, gosh, maybe 10% of the movie. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the movie is them younger. And then yes. maybe 2% of them older. So casting-wise, interesting choice, mm-hmm. right? You have Robert De Niro playing in his 30s or 40s as a 80-year-old. We had, we had a mm-hmm. similar talk about Samuel Jackson in Captain Marvel of being de-aged, but acting like a really old man. <laughs> yes. You know, but he didn't have a choice because he's already been cast and he, this is a previous movie. This, you, you picked Robert De Niro to play a 30-year-old guy. When he's beating that, uh, that shopkeeper... Uh huh. He looked very much eighty years old. Yeah, that scene and the one where he throws the guns into the river and it's like this really underhand, like old man flip into the river. I was like, oh, that's giving away your age there, Bobby. See, the main problem I have with the de aging of Robert De Niro is that we know what Robert De Niro looked like at that age, Mm -hmm. and so when he doesn't, it's like it looks off. And while I had. I bounce back and forth of, okay, that scene looks good. You know, that looks like he's younger. But it's, it looks like a younger, older Robert De Niro. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a young Robert De Niro. And that's... <laughs> yes. Uh, so same with... Uh, uh, we had with... What was it? Lawrence Fishburne in yes. Ant- uh-huh. Ant-Man. You <laughs> can't make Larry skinny again. <laughs> no, no. And so it, we had that same issue of all of them. When you're trying to make him young, it, it just didn't quite work. Okay, so do you mean that it didn't work visually? It didn't work visually for me, no. Okay, I tend to agree with that. I know you and I talked a little bit about that, uh, the really, really young De Niro shot that we saw before the movie where he's a soldier, and I was like, oh, that looks like a Call of Duty cutscene. And um, I still think that. I, I think visually, very early on, anytime youngest De Niro was in daylight or a lot of light, it it looked obvious that he was being de-aged. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's some scenes where, I don't know if after three and a half hours, we just got used to it. And mm-hmm. like, okay, well, that kind of looks like Robert De Niro. And the fact that he had blue eyes, you know, it's like, that's, okay, it looks odd to me because I'm not used to seeing him with blue eyes. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of get used to it because you've been sitting there for three and a half hours. Sure. Um, and so that's, it's just a, it's an odd choice. I know Martin Scorsese just wanted his cast. And that, yeah. that's, that's the only reason why these people are in it. Yeah, I agree. I think the other side of that question I was going to ask you was, I, I think visually is one thing. Like, and when I say visually, I mean like when you look at them, you're like, okay, I can tell that's a CGI effect, a de-aging and that's happening. The other side, and probably the bigger problem for me was, and, and I'm curious to see whether you had this problem, it it wasn't distinct enough to me what ages he was supposed to be when they were de-aging him. And it left me disoriented sometimes as to what time frame I'm supposed to be in. Because it hopped around from... So there's a couple of ones that are obvious, right? Like the one where he's in the wheelchair. I mean, obvious. So let's just throw that one out. But almost anything between like the meat of the story, which is probably a a couple of decades worth of time or maybe a a decade and a half or something. I I was getting so disoriented as to when and where we are in the timeline. And it bothered me really, really bad. That that was one of my, 
my critiques as well as far as the editing goes of I didn't it didn't always show what time it was. Yes. And I didn't know when we were for most of the movie. I mean, you kind of look at the cars and you're looking at, okay, I know history to this point. Um, then they did a career day of 1960s. Like, okay, mm-hmm. now we've entered the 60s and we have JFK. So I can kind of figure myself through here. But at the beginning, we were somewhere in the, what? Seven, I guess we were 75. And then we jumped back to in the 50s mm-hmm. and, then, and then to the 40s and then back to the 50s. Yep. I mean, and so... It, it didn't ever tell us when we were. Nope. I, I completely agree with you. And I think I think their mistake was relying on just the de-aging to tell that story. And it's one thing if you had cast a young De Niro or a young Pesci or whatever, then I think the, the characters would have had enough contrast where you know what period you're in. But when you're de-aging these guys and you're de-aging... De Niro between like let's say 48 years old and 37 years old like it's not enough for me visually to understand that difference between those two De Niro's to know where I'm at I had to kind of rely on context clues like you said like okay Kennedy's on the TV or I know he's talking to this character which he was doing in this time frame but when he's talking to say you know Tony Pro that this is going to be later on so I just kept wondering sometimes like wait where am I in the storyline and it it doesn't necessarily hop back and forth a ton but it does it enough to where you just you, you don't know and I don't think the de-aging was enough to do it and I think they needed to just on, be honest about some of it and be like flash it up on the screen okay we're in 1969 right now Right. I mean, they they did all the other, he was shot in 1980, mm-hmm. you know, all, all that sort of stuff. Uh, it'd have been very easy when you jump back to say well, <laughs> what year this is. Yeah, that was probably honestly my biggest complaint about the movie was how that was used. I, I just, and I don't think I was overly confused through the whole movie. It's just, I was confused enough where it tucked me out sometimes. I'm like, wait, oh, we're in this timeline now. Oh, okay. So I have to get back to the casting because that's that's my major gripe with this is is so distracting to me that not only are you casting it in Al Pacino's an 80 year old actor now, mm-hmm. uh, I guess he turns 80 later this year or something like that. And he's playing Jimmy Hoffa, who died at 62. Mm-hmm. And so everything is is pre 60. So we met him when he was in his 50s and yeah. you have a very. I mean, his posture, I mean, you may be able to de-age his face, but but he looks very much 80. Yes. You know, Al Pacino does. And then <laughs> my major my major gripe is you're casting Robert De Niro as the Irishman. Mm-hmm. You cast Vito Corleone and Michael Corleone as the only two non-Italian <laughs> people in this movie. Right. You say Italian-American... And you say Italian actors, yeah. and the first two off off is Al Pacino and Robert De Niro, right? And they're the only ones that aren't Italian. I'm not saying that you can't do that, but that's their thing, right? And <laughs> so when they were in jail, and he's saying "you people," uh, uh, you know, to the Italian guy, I'm like, wait, was Hoffa Italian? Right, and then because uh, I didn't, I didn't know what he was. I look back, he's like, no, and he's doing these Italian slurs. I'm like, wait a second, that's Al Pacino, though. Right, it, it yeah. Just, the to- this whole thing was was weird. And, and I, why- I get, I get what you're saying. I mean, it, clearly, you know, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro don't only have to play Italians. However, 
when you're doing a mob movie and you are emphasizing the Italian mob, it's just those two guys are so closely associated with that that you're asking the audience i think to do a little bit of of stretch when you know the two most iconic mob actors of all time are playing you know yes it's a mob movie but they're playing non-italian roles it's just funny the 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 only two the only two non-italian roles in the entire movie are are those are the the two italian actors yep i uh i do think the casting you mentioned this earlier it's clearly scorsese just wanting to do his last Hurrah. I mean, he's not going to be able to get these guys back together again. I mean, Joe Pesci, I think, has basically been out of movies for the better part of two decades. Um, You know, they're not getting any younger. I think I I read somewhere, and I'm not sure about the accuracy of this, but it feels right that this was the first time that Joe Pesci and Al Pacino were ever in a scene together. I was going to say that exact thing. uh, Okay. Because when they were talking uh, in that party, I guess the party or Mm -hmm. the. The award banquet. ceremony, the banquet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Um, I was like, I think that's the first time they've been in a movie, and I and I scrolled through while I was watching, so I wouldn't have done that in a theater. So that's another thing, is I was looking up stuff as mm-hmm. I was watching this three and a half hour marathon. Um, but uh, I, yeah, that's uh, that was confirmed by my search as well. Uh, but that was pretty cool to see. Yeah, absolutely. So I I think that it was just the recognition that he wants to do this last big mob epic i think him and de niro have worked on it together him being scorsese and de niro had worked on this together i think uh, writing's on the wall this is going to be it so we're gonna have to shoehorn the casting a little bit to to make this happen and and they did that and you know i agree with you but i'm also not going to complain about getting those guys on the screen together at the same time no i mean they're all fantastic actors i mean i'm not I'm not going down that i'm saying the the casting choice you know for those people to play was it was very distracting to me. Like I didn't understand that he was not Italian. Right. So I, on a second viewing, if I do ever watch this again, which like you said, rewatchability, I can't say is very high. Mm -hmm. Um, but if I do watch it again, hopefully I have that. I absorb that a little bit better. Yeah. So while we're on cast and acting, uh, what do you think of the acting from, well, I guess anybody really, but those three in particular, I really like Joe Pesci. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, it's funny because we were introduced to Joe Pesci from Home Alone. Mm-hmm. You know, we got and then a follow up of Home Alone 2 <laughs> and then, you know, Lethal Weapon 2, 3 and 4. Like mm-hmm. he was kind of a joke. Yep. You know, he wasn't this mob guy when that was the beginning of his career. And that's what people, you know, knew him as versus we were first introduced to him uh, very differently. And later in his career. So, you know, going back and watching Goodfellas and whatnot, it was kind of always like, oh, yeah, he's a tough guy. No, he's the guy who got beat up by a kid. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know? and so, but, you know, I, I love my cousin Benny, you know, Goodfellas, you know, all, all those that, that he's been in. Um, I, I've always enjoyed him, but I thought he, I've never really thought of him as a great actor, mm-hmm. um, but I thought he did probably the best in this movie. Yep. I, I could not agree anymore with you that i think i mentioned that in our quick overall that pesci was the best actor in this movie and de niro and pacino would be duking it out for for tier two but yeah pesci crushed it and i also liked that you know he gets he's whether he's comedic or even in goodfellas he's kind of like the loudmouth guy you know wisecracking whatever he had a totally different demeanor in this movie he was he was the like the heavy of the mobs right like he right delivered so much by saying so little yeah, very against his character. 
that we've yep. always seen. I really enjoyed the the scene for some reason. It really wasn't even the scene, but it was the thought of when he drives, or actually De Niro drives to the airport and then goes to Hoffa's place and does the hit and then comes back that, that Joe Pesci's just been chilling in that car for like three hours just sitting there. Sitting there waiting in the airport? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's such a power move. <laughs> so as far as story-wise, did you know this story? No, I knew nothing about it. In fact, I didn't even know it was going to be a true story until Hoffa came in. And because, you know, you just never know sometimes with these mob movies. And I don't think it came right out and said, you know, this is a true story or anything like that that I recall. So and then I just assumed that, okay, now it's true, but probably a little bit fictionalized. So I didn't know anything about anyone in this movie. So I I assume that it was using actual characters, but obviously people in history, but not Mm -hmm. um, a true story. Okay. And then we got closer to the end. And I forgot what I was looking up um, when I saw an article that said he confessed mm-hmm. in the in the nursing home, which they didn't even show. Right, which is weird to me. Like I feel like that's that brings some sort of you you lead to all these things of why he would finally confess or admit that he killed uh, Hoffa, mm-hmm. but they never get there, and that yeah. seemed weird to to leave that out. That the only reason I knew that is because I looked it up on Wikipedia after. Right. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think that that's one of those things where I don't know. It adds to the movie. I feel like in retrospect. So this this is a stupid stupid comparison, but but stick with me for a second. It's like <laughs> when you get to the end of Bloodsport and it tells you that like he holds all these records and that th- this thing was all real, and it just makes you kind of look at everything in hindsight a little bit differently, and then also makes you want to go like dig into it a little bit more. And I think if you had even done something as simple as that at the end like to tie it into what you said, like the, he actually confessed this and all this stuff that, that you'd be like, Oh crap. Like, wait, all this, all this really happened. This is a real guy. Like if you weren't thinking about that, or maybe you thought it was more fictionalized than true. I just think that would have been a nice little touch. And I can't, now that I say that though, I can't remember. Did they flash up some stuff at the end? No, they didn't. Okay. I didn't think they so. Did. But. Cause I was waiting for it thinking, okay, they're leading to this of him being a confessional with this priest and talking about how everybody else is dead, none of it matters, thinking that he was that they were going to show that piece of it. But yeah. now the end doesn't seem to matter at all, right? If you don't have that confession, yep. It was a weirdly um, unceremonious end to the movie because it's just him in his his room, right? And it just kind of fades to black, and that's it. And like, there's no extra information there. And I, I feel like this was Scorsese's way of making a mob movie where it's not glorified like you know De Niro's life is pretty much trash in the end and he's by himself and has no one and kind of maybe a little bit different than how things were shown in say Goodfellas and sadly I've never seen Casino so I don't I don't really know about that one but it, it felt like You've there never was seen an... Casino nope I'm admitting that one I've never seen it wow I know that surprises so I... me I know I need to to remedy that, but it felt like that was a little bit of a purposeful commentary from Scorsese to not end it on any kind of note, like at least somewhat happy or whatever. But I don't think that necessarily saying, hey, he confessed to this and this is what may have happened and Jimmy Hoffa's case is still unsolved to this day, blah, blah, blah. I don't think that that takes away from that angle. So I, I think that would have been a good touch for them to do. So I guess he wrote a book or confessed what, in 2006. Okay, and I don't, I don't remember any of that. You I know, I've, all, you know, we kind of grew up hearing, oh, Jimmy Hoffa, you know, 
disappeared and nobody knew where his body was and, and all that. And mm-hmm. so I didn't know who he was or what, all I knew is that <laughs> he, he was disappeared and nobody knew what happened. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know any of the story behind it. And so I was surprised when I saw that he had confessed to doing it, whether people believe him or not, I don't know. Um, but that he confessed to doing it in 2006 and I had not heard anything about it. Yeah. I don't know if it's something where he's discredited in some way or if there's a reason why people don't believe him or maybe there's people who have researched this that think his story doesn't add up for whatever reason. I I haven't looked into it at all, but clearly there was enough there to write a book and not make a movie about it. Yeah, and to leave that out of this, because he looked like on his deathbed pretty much when we left him at the Mm -hmm. end of the movie, and there's so much more to his story which is why we're telling the story. You'd think that, I mean, he was talking to somebody right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So why not? Well, he's talking to the camera. I mean, right. So why not end it with something that ties all that together? Yeah. I, I don't disagree with that either. I think it would have been a good touch. I will say that I know the name of the book is I heard you paint houses. And that is an incredible subtitle of this movie. I know it's like an unofficial subtitle, but that's just, that's awesome. Well, that's a, uh... Yeah, that was at the beginning of this, of the movie. Yeah, right. They, I think they do it at the beginning and at the end. And I, you don't really understand why they're doing it, you know? I mean, other than the fact that it's just a way of telling you what that stands for. But I like that it's like, in my head, it's the unofficial subtitle to this movie, right? It's like the Irishman, colon, I heard you paint houses. And I just think that phrase is hilarious, given the context of what it actually means. Yeah spraying blood everywhere (laughs) exactly which i read online that um when in the opening of the movie i think right before after they show that title card they you know show somebody's head being shot and blood spraying everywhere that somebody went back and rewatched that and said that that's actually the hoffa killing how is that it's it's de niro shooting pacino right like that's but it's not it was in a bedroom uh i don't know I I didn't go back to rewatch it to confirm. I just read that somebody said that online, and a couple other people went and were like, "Oh yeah, he's wearing the red polo that he was wearing." And oh, I thought it was like a, a blonde kid, and they're going to a wedding, and it was on the the dresser. I, I had to watch it again, but I was like, "We never." Fa- I was just about to ask you, we never found out who that was. I, maybe there I, there might have been a couple that happened there at the beginning, but somebody said that you can see. Uh, um, Frank's ring, and then you can see that uh, the red polo shirt that Jimmy was wearing. So there may be a couple of things happening there in the beginning, but that's pretty cool if that's true in hindsight. Yeah, I'll have, I'll, I will go start that and watch the beginning again. <laughs> okay, you got to go through all three and a half hours. <laughs> Once you start, yeah, you can't stop. All right, we're a shade under under three hours, but I'm I'm running out of <laughs> out of things to say. I am too, so let's get to it. I am Thor, son of Odin, as long as there is life in my breast. I am running out of things to say. Are you ready? So I kind of already said initial thoughts on my rating, so let's go to you. What did you end up rating? Well, you didn't didn't actually land. You said you started at three and a half. I I think I hinted it to where I was moving, so uh, uh, you you first. I think I know where you're at. Well, I am. I am below that. Yep. I am at. I am at a three. Ooh, I thought. Wow. The, yep. I thought the. Uh, I enjoyed the performances. Um, lots of things I, I would have done differently. I mean, it's. 
you say something for you know wanting all your your own guys in the movie, and so mm-hmm. I get that. But I also think that that was a a misstep. But it's still uh, <laughs> you can't argue with with getting these guys in, and so it's just uh, I think like we mentioned, they're so ingrained in Italian American. That's who they are. Uh, that was very this very distracting to me. And uh, there's a <laughs> there's also a scene when they were talking about JFK's dad that mm-hmm. they uh, they flashed to him sitting on a porch just to say that he died nine years later. <laughs> it, yeah, it, that was so weird to me. Not that that yeah. affects my ratings, but everybody else, you know, they they showed how they died, but it was as they passed them in the room type of yes. thing. Right. And that one, that one, they cut away and they said, "Oh, by the way, he died in '69." Like, okay, we're still in 1960, so why? <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? I like the one where they said, uh, liked by everyone, died in 2001. Yeah. Right. <laughs> by natural causes. Yes. Yeah. That was good. <laughs> liked by everybody. Uh, <laughs> my wife really enjoyed that. She goes, oh, that guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's see more of his story. <laughs> so you're at a three. I'm at a three. Wow. I'm at a three. I, mean, I felt like while the movie wasn't overly great, like, it's still a very solid movie and just I feel like by looking at other movies that are rated a three, like the, and that's actually how I kind of got to a four. I was like, well, this is kind of a three and a half, maybe a four. And the more I thought about it, the more I I got up to a four, but like, especially looking at other movies, I gave three and a half. Like, no, this is, this is better than that. So if I'm sticking to my rating scale, this is better than some of the things I gave. I've given three and a half. Well, I Um, looked at it a lot of, rewatchability uh, i don't think it's there is there a scene that stood out to me as just freaking awesome um and i'll get to the the one that i i really enjoyed but to me it was just kind of okay um i don't know i just think it, it was very it was trying to cover a lot of time frame uh which i thought it did as best as it could if you're starting from 50 to um to 75 you know, right. that, that's a long, long period to cover. And then beyond it's, uh, I, I thought, it, I thought it was good. I thought it was above average, but I don't think it was fantastic. Okay. Yeah. I, I think some of the other stuff started to pull it up for me. I mean, rewatchability. I mean, to me, the Godfathers aren't highly rewatchable because they are long. They are good, but they are long. And so I kind of have to take the length of a movie out in terms of its rewatchability. But I would, I I get your point that even if this was say two and a half hours, I'm not sure it's overly rewatchable even then. Um, So I definitely get that. I just think that the more I thought about it, the more I had very little complaints. So while it didn't blow me away, I thought it was very, very solid in terms of how it was written. uh, Definitely how it was acted. The the two things that really just drove it down for me were what we talked about earlier, which is the de-aging and then just the overall kind of confusion of the timelines because of either the casting choices or the acting, not the acting, either the casting choices or uh, the de-aging and stuff. So uh, I'm I'm up to a four. I think I'll probably, you know, I've said this before, but 375 is probably where I like to be on this one, but I'm going to give it a favorable four. Four. So, out of that four, what's your favorite part? Well, to your point, there's not a lot of standout scenes. Um, I went with... I I would like to have said the banquet in general, because I do feel like between Pesci and Pacino was good. I like the part where Pesci's just staring at Pacino, and Pacino's eating his steak and just staring right back. 
Um, the whole interaction at the banquet, I just think is great between everybody. But the one particular scene in that that I liked the best was it's so De Niro and Pacino and it's so mob and Scorsese and everything that the it is what it is scene when he's trying to explain to Jimmy that, you know, he's basically going to get killed if he doesn't start listening. And but they just you can't say it. So he has to say it is what it is. And he keeps saying that Pacino gets so worked up over the fact that somebody told him it is what it is. I just thought that it was a little bit funny, but also just very, very mob. And then you get to see all these actors coming together at the same point. So that was probably my favorite scene. The one that would have been closest was the the diner hit for some reason I just thought was really cool. But I'm going to go with it is what it is. That's a good scene. Yeah, that's a good scene. I went uh, same about two minutes before with okay. Pesci and, and Al, just seeing them on screen together. You know, uh, that was that was cool. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think I just liked that moment that that was knowing that that was the first time they were on screen together. Um, and that had to be pretty big for them, I yeah. thought. And so I thought that was cool. Yep. I I. I like the whole banquet. Thought it was great. Lots of tension there between everything kind of building and coming to a head. All the actors coming together. I think there's going to be memes of Pacino aggressively eating steak and staring that come out pretty soon. So it's, <laughs> well, it's also, be... also it is what it is. You know, you, <laughs> yeah, you, you, exactly. you get memes of that as well. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. So I'm sure we're probably somewhat in the same sphere here of what we would change, but what would you change? Um. Well, I think you were going more de-aging, but I was just going to go with the the time, how how they ran through the time. Yeah. Um, that That's what I would change. Just the sequence of events of how they did that and just make it more clear and smooth that way. Yeah. I no, uh, and actually, I, I'm with you. I did not go the de-aging route. I, I could forgive that for what they were trying to do if they just made it more clear to me where I'm anchored at at that moment in time. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that would have made for a much, much better movie. Yep. All right. The, I struggled with this one again this week, but I, I came up with something, but I'll let you go first. What is your casting change? Can I ask a question first? Yep. Have you seen Hoffa? The movie? Yeah. Uh, Maybe way back in the day. HBO, Jack Nicholson? Jack Nicholson, yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Well, I mean, I if I did, it. it would have been forever ago. I haven't seen it, but from what I know from Jimmy Hoffa and how Al Pacino played him, I think uh, Jack Nicholson probably did a, a an awesome job at that, just okay. based putting his personality there. It's mm-hmm. not who I, I wanted to get uh, Pacino out of there, mm-hmm. um, just and only because he was making Italian slurs, and that was just all very <laughs> very confusing. Yeah. Um, and so I was going to do that. And then I kept coming back to the lead role of the Irishman. And De Niro does have some Irish blood, but he is definitely not what you think of when you think of the Irishman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just built, he's Vito. I mean, sorry. Yep. Um, so I swapped him out and I figured if we were going for, you know, 70 year old actors to de age with everybody else, I went with uh, Liam Neeson. <laughs> I don't think Liam would have needed to be DH. I think you just put a little bit of makeup on Liam and he can pass for 40 easily. <laughs> you think so? Yeah. I think they would have tried though. Yeah, uh, maybe. But yeah, I mean Liam does not look as old as he is whereas some, these guys are looking their age now. Yeah. Yeah, but I got an Irish guy who I, who could 
who could act with with the rest of them who could also be an enforcer type person yeah so well, and he's to... a scorsese guy too right because he was in gangs of new york and uh silence yep yep cool so that, that was my my swap so i left alan there okay well I could not get rid of the triumvirate. I just felt like it was royalty that I could not touch. Um, while I think that maybe that backed them into a corner a little bit, I just I, I wasn't going to go out on the limb that you went out on and say, get, <laughs> take either of those three guys out. So I actually kind of get annoyed by this guy in every movie that he's in. Bobby Cannavale. I just, I can't <laughs> for some reason. And he seemed like such a caricature in this movie with like the thinning slicked back hair and... He, the makeup and the hair that they yeah. gave him was yes. terrible. Absolutely. Because he doesn't look that way. He has normal hair. Right. And he, well, I, it, it reminded me of like something you would see in like a cartoon from back in the day of like a, an overly exaggerated mafia guy. His, his forehead looked fake. Like yep. it was putty. And then they put this stupid hair on. It was, it was awful. Yeah. It looked like something out of Dick Tracy is what it looked like. Yes. Yeah. It looked yeah. bad. So I got him out of there. And I, I was obviously it's not a big role or anything like that. So I mean, you could probably just put in anybody you wanted. But I kind of went with the route of let's just try and get another Scorsese guy in there. And we cracked a joke about this before, but why not just throw Leo in that role? Like it becomes almost like a Matt Damon in Interstellar type role where nobody really knew that Leo was going to be in there. It's not really doesn't even matter that Leo's in there. But Leo could have pulled off that age of uh, Italian gangster just to be in the movie for like you know all of grand total of like five minutes. So I almost I almost put Leo as the Irishman. Did you? Uh, just because he could pull off looking like an Irishman. Sure. Well, better. and you could. I think it's easier to. I, I'm. This is common sense, right? But way easier to uh, age. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Age <laughs> than de-age. Yeah. You can right. make him look older. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but it, I like Liam. It, I mean, for the uh, to put the bulk of the movie in their 30s and 40s, you know, that's how old these guys are supposed to be. And then it's just weird that you spend all the time to de-age when you could have casted younger actors. But I get it. I get yep. it. You want, you want your friends. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and you want the names, you know? Oh, for sure. If you want people to watch this, you got the name. Not that De Niro's or uh, DiCaprio's not a name. But, sure. Um, yeah. Nope. So you got him and you put in Leo. That's right. Uh, well, while we're on it and we're going to parlay into my my thing, uh, Fat Tony. Uh-huh. Did you notice old Fat Tony? Dominic Lombardizo? Lombardozzi? He's from uh, The Wire. Uh, did I? Did you, have you seen The Wire? Yes, I have seen The Wire, but it's been years. He's... Uh, He's the cop, the Italian cop, uh, bald. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Got you, got you. So in the same time that they de-age these people, they cast him only as an old guy. Yeah. As Fat Tony. Uh-huh. Is I you... didn't realize that was him. Oh, no. As soon as he started talking, I was like, yeah, that's that's you. And then uh, my wife, I go, oh, you know what he's in. You know, And I kept trying to think of, he's not in a whole lot. But uh, it was like, why... <laughs> Why are we just swapping ages just to yeah. swap ages? Like he could have easily been one of the younger guys, you know, if you wanted him in the movie. It's just it's just weird when they they kept doing that. Yeah. It, the, I mean, why not? At the point that you're doing it on your main three actors, I mean, might as well just let everybody hop on board. I mean, you're you're making Cannavale look cartoonish. Let's just, you know, let's just change everybody's appearance. <laughs> How old are you? Um 44. Nope, you're 84. <laughs> okay. Exactly. <What? laughs> 
Uh, and I did want to throw a shout. We, I, I forgot to mention him, but Tommy. I thought Tommy did great. Oh, yeah. From Snatch, you mean? Who played yeah. Tony Pro? Yeah, he did good. Uh, I was very surprised. Uh, I really enjoyed him in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I agree. Little tip of the hat to Yeah, Tommy. that was actually another one of my close scenes is the whole... Not the jail scene, but the later scene where they meet up and Jimmy's supposed to kind of be nice to him and he just can't do it. Like in the obsession with the guys showing up in shorts and everything shorts, like that yeah. and traffic. Yeah, that was a really good scene too. No, I, I like that as well. Uh, but I, I was very impressed with, with Tommy. Mm-hmm. Stephen Graham. If you okay. said who's Stephen Graham, never nope. would have gotten that. Nope. He's, he's I don't even always... know how I I don't even know how I immediately connected Tommy to Snatch. Like I know that's who he is, but like I don't I don't know why I quickly connected that. He's just always been Tommy to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so getting to my my award, um, and I'm calling it makeup because that's what I'm calling it. But I put the worst the worst makeup of the year. Okay. And that's that's across the board, and mainly those guys that you mentioned. Um, but the de aging is a uh, is a factor too, especially when we first saw Pacino. Mm-hmm. Like he he looked like uh, um, the ambassadors in episode one. You know, his mouth was not was not matching up. It, it looked it looked really bad. Yeah, um, the Trade Federation. Yes. Yeah, I knew I knew who you were talking about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd have to go back through and see what we've seen because um, I, I didn't think the de aging was necessarily awful in and of itself. I just felt like it it hurt the story. Uh, I do think the youngest De Niro in any kind of light or daylight stood out as being clearly done and then it it didn't get so bad the rest but i i can definitely i'm not going to sit here and dispute it with you because i did have problems with it especially from a storyline standpoint so what award did you give it i'm going to keep beating that dead horse i gave it the most (laughs) unnecessarily confusing timeline because there's no reason for me to be confused in a movie like this it that just should not happen it's not like it's primer or something else where I need to keep track of timelines and who's doing what and where am I at any given point in time. You're Let basically, yeah. I mean, <laughs> when, when stuff, when you do stuff like that, sure. Like, fine. I, I can understand that it's tricky to, to convey that on screen, but in a, a straightforward, you know, mob movie where we're, we're actually kind of pretty much linearly progressing except some flashbacks, like I shouldn't get as lost as I was. So it feels like a very simple problem to solve. Now, I am very curious to see if other people have this problem when they watch the movie. I know my wife did, and it sounds like you did. Um, I just don't know if it's a, a more broad problem that audiences will have when they watch it. But I, I like to think that I wouldn't be in the minority on this one. I, I was going to be a little worried if I came to the table with this and you were like, no, I didn't have any problems at all. I'd be like, well, clearly I, I was the odd one out. But it sounds like it's a it's at least common enough between the people I know um, that it, it was an issue. So easy to fix. Um, therefore, if you can't tell a movie coherently with you know the story that you're trying to tell and something that should not be this complex, then you earn a, a worst of award for me. Which is surprising that it's getting such such praise. You know, four and five stars. Mm-hmm. When that's I've been I've been reading some on there of people had the same issues. But that's a big part of a movie if you can't tell wins win. Yep. You know, I mean, you can give acting performances, but as a movie as a whole, if it's confusing and not knowing what you're watching, I feel like that should bring you down closer to where I am. Yeah, I, I just I seem to be in the minority. So, well, I, I feel like you can get it. It's just it, it makes you kind of work for. It. Like I said earlier, you kind of have to piece together some context clues and do a few other things. So, like 
it, it might have taken me a, a couple of minutes like to see what characters you know we're talking to or what what location we're at or who he's married to or not married to and that lets me get grounded but for those first couple of minutes whenever that would happen it's like wait where where am i who how old is he now so i think it, it makes it easier to overlook when you're able to at least get over those hurdles whereas if it had just fallen on its face then people would have struggled with it a little bit more but i think they're able to look past it and i i think that just between the the, the cast that we have in scorsese and it's still a solid movie i think people will overlook those things so if you like the Irishman, what else would you like? I mean, what what can you do here, right? <laughs> I mean, this is so dumb because Take it's your like, yeah, I mean, I had written down Godfather 2 and Goodfellas. I mean, but this is where your response is accurate sometimes where you're like, well, yeah, but who wouldn't like those movies? But I, I mean, what, what can you really say? Like, if you like this type of movie and you want to see those guys or mob stuff, like that's that's your closest parallels. Well, and I went. I went with Goodfellas. I felt like it paralleled this the best, mm-hmm. especially when you go from who the characters are to how it ends. Um, you have kind of an outside guy who's not quite made, um, you know, because he's not full Italian. Mm-hmm. That's a that's the role De Niro played in that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so he kind of played a similar similar role here and then how it all wraps up. Uh, so I thought Goodfellas was a good, good comparison to this. Yeah. I mean, you can't better, go wrong in a better one. movie. Yep. I completely agree with you. And I hate giving those obvious answers, but the more you try to get, I feel like off the beaten path with your recommendations here, the more things just don't quite add up. Like you'd always say Donnie Brasco, cause it's a mob movie and stuff, but it just, it doesn't quite line up with like that. Like Goodfellas does, or even and Godfather too, obviously it's just, the mother of all mob movies and it has De Niro and Pacino. So I mean, well, that's just going to confuse you. <laughs> right. Because all of a sudden they're Italian again. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, like you said, we clocked in at quite a bit less than three and a half hours, but that is it for the Irishman. Carson, where can they find you on Twitter? At Carson Graff, G-R-A-F-F. You can find me at, at two views Garrett, G-A-R-R-E-T-T. You can find the show on Twitter or Facebook, Instagram at, at @twoviewsmovies, or you can email us at twoviewsmovies at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show via Apple, Google, Spotify, basically anywhere you listen, we are there. If you're on Apple, make sure to leave us a rating and review to let others know how much you like the show. We will be back next week with the newest Jumanji movie, and then back in two weeks with Rise of Skywalker, which is probably what we're all looking forward to the most. Jumanji? No, not quite. I mean, maybe for you, you, too? you You and The Rock might supersede uh, The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> All right. We will catch you next time. What should we do next? Something good? Something bad? Bit of both? Bit of both.